AA Beyond Belief is a podcast by, for, and about people who have found a secular path to sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. Last week, I posted something in the AA Beyond Belief Facebook group about the podcast, and Joe Kay from New Jersey mentioned that he might like to participate in an episode. So that day, I sent him a private message, and a few days later, we recorded this episode. So here he is, uh, Joe Kay from New Jersey. And all I know about Joe is he's from New Jersey and he helps start a secular AA meeting. <laughs> but how you doing, Joe? Hey, uh, good morning. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's funny. When I um, had uh, emailed or texted or Facebooked you or whatever, I thought it was going to be like a couple of months from now. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh, how's this weekend? So here we are, which is, which is great. And I was actually yeah. kind of excited to do it too, because I um, recently have upgraded my podcasting equipment and it's been a lot of fun to kind of uh, play with this stuff. So, uh, any opportunity I have to do a podcast, I'm always happy to do it. Oh, cool. So, um, where are you from? I am from, um, in New Providence, New Jersey. I, I pretty much, um, grew up here. Oh, okay. Um, moved around a little bit for, um, I mean, I just turned 50, but I've lived most of my life in New Jersey for the most part. Cool. And how long have you been in AA now? Um, I've been sober since November 3rd, 2016. Um, I tried AA two other times, but this is the like kind of not really seriously, but this is like, I, I consider this my first try. Mm-hmm. And um, so far I've been finding my way, finding ways to make it work. So how's that? How you doing it? Um, I guess I, it, it was a little difficult because uh, I'm also atheist. So like the whole not believing in God thing was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, um, you know, I guess, um, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about myself, I guess. And um, because like my story is like, I grew up here in Chatham. Um, well, that's the town I grew up in. It's in, it's in the neighboring town. I'm in the middle out of five kids. And, um, so, but my older siblings are about, uh, seven years older and they're 18 months apart. And then my younger siblings are about, uh, five years younger and also 18 months apart. So I'm kind of out there like in the middle. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a town where athletics are really big and I am non-athletic. So, um, I remember like playing baseball in school and, um, where I went to go sign up and I would stand like right on second base and the coach would be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, I'm playing second base. And he'd move me over and over to where like you're supposed to stand. And I would walk right back and stand on the base. And, uh, I got promoted to right field after that. And, um, basically I really fit in, in that school. So I got a job in a neighboring town. And I um, started using some loading trucks. It was about like 16. And that's, I think that's where I kind of like started drinking. Um, like we would go out like afterwards with the people. You know, this is like my after my high school job. But a lot of people, it was there like after work, their second job. And we would go to the bar, uh, Gasoline Alley, which isn't there anymore. And I think I would just get served. Like they would just throw pictures down and we would just be there. And at the time, like I didn't really think I had a problem because I would just like drink. I would, when I look back, I would definitely drink. So when I wouldn't stop, but. You know, it would be only on social occasions. Like I would go out and like do things and you'd never think about drinking. And, 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 and you know, that was kind of, I think later, I, I think basically the, you know, the shorter version of the story is I just kind of like self-medicated into, into a drinking, into a problem drinker. And then all of a sudden, like I couldn't control it anymore. Like just to jump up to um, basically my first experience with AA is I'll just jump up, up to there. Uh, it was in 2001. I uh, had a suicide attempt and I was, um, 
briefly before that, I had moved to California, and that's where I got diagnosed with like depression and, and, and clinical depression and generalized anxiety disorder. And that was in 1999, and then I moved back home. And in 2001 was just kind of like a year of epic destruction, and uh, you know, kind of ended up um, with a suicide attempt. And that's where my first exposure to AA was in 2001. Um, I someone I went with someone after I got out of the hospital, and we went to the meeting, and I didn't really know anything about it. And then at the end, um, like, um, I think you know they talked about God a little bit in this kind of, but at at the end, the girl who took me um, had said, "Oh, like we have a nice way of closing." And then I thought we were going to have like cake or something or, or, or dessert. And then uh, like, yeah, they did the Lord's prayer. I'm like, Oh, this is pretty like, like intense. And um, I think I didn't have health insurance at that time. So uh, I guess whatever our, it was some sort of like state run thing. I guess if I, I applied for something and it basically made my hospital stay go away. So, you know, I, I did that for like 30 days and then, um, you know, I jump up and then, I'll jump up, you know, I started drinking again and then jumping up to like 2006, I got another DWI and, um, you know, the lawyer was like, Oh, if you go to AA, I'm like, I'm an atheist. I can't go, please don't make me go <laughs> anything, but you know, and he's like, just, it'll look like really good for court. Right. To do this. <laughs> he's like, just trust me. I'm like, you know, okay. I, you know, I did everything my lawyer said and, and, and sure enough, like he knew the judge and I got like the shortest sentence. And, like, cause I was really worried because it's my second DWI. They were 14 years apart, but I just didn't know what was going to happen. I was really worried about it. So, um, and it's funny, I kind of liked some of the, where I lived, it was more a fundamental part of New Jersey at that time. And, um, you know, it's, and then I was vocal about not believing in God. Like I would be like, I'm, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. And, 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 and that's how I would start all my shares. And, uh, I got a little bit of pushback on, that. um, you know, people would be like, Oh, how do you like get out of a jam? And I'm like, I don't know. I just like think about things or ask someone for help. So that was kind of like 2006. Um, but jumping up to, it just, I, I did go to meetings for a little while. And then I, I don't know, I just maybe like where I lived, it was kind of isolating. So I think I, I, I kind of liked the companionship, I guess, or the, the fellowship. But it's just like the, you know, the fundamental part of it, like just didn't really like stick. So, um, you know, I, I started drinking again. And then um, it kind of like jumping up to the what happened part of the story. Um, uh, 2000, well, I guess it'll be three years ago. It's easier for me to do the math that way. Um, um, it was, you know, I was drinking every day. I got married. Um, I, I and I, I think for me, I, I had to have like something to lose to make me realize how serious this was. Um, because prior to getting married, I kind of just like stayed at home and like watched TV. So I wasn't really out like doing like a lot of damage and like, um, you know, I, I would just like, I would just constantly come home and I would like black out and yeah, you know, I'd, I'd send like angry texts to family members maybe. And like, that's kind of like the, my, my drinking style, but my wife had noticed how much uh, I was drinking. And, you know, I think at one point it got serious where it's, you know, it's kind of like, it's like either you or me. And I'm just kind of like, oh, it seems kind of serious. And uh, I worked a very isolating job. Um, I, I worked at home and that was really like detrimental to me. I remember I had gone to the liquor store. This is the night I went to the hospital and the lady had said, uh, oh, you're in here all the time. Like, what's, what's your name? I'm like, oh, this probably isn't a really good sign <laughs> so um you, you know, basically um i went to i just started drinking i went to the bar that had just opened up and i started texting i just i guess like i got sick and tired of being sick and tired i started like emailing family members that i couldn't go on and they came and they asked me if i wanted for help um, my two of my younger brothers live in town i asked one of them to come by and then both of them came 
I'm like, oh, why are you both here? This seems kind of serious, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, um, so I went to the ER and that's kind of where this whole like journey started. It's the real brief version, just other stuff, but, you know, to get to the, to get to where we're trying to go. Um, that's that I went to the ER. Um, and then I went to, uh, re uh, no, the, the psych ward was next, the dual diagnosis psych ward. And that's where I, I, I was talking to a social worker. And then she said, like, well, what about AA? And I said, that's a hard no. <laughs> that's, I, I can't. It's too religious. I don't believe in God. And she had said, well, what if when you see the word, um, just think of a good orderly direction. But if you try doing that, maybe that'll help. And I, I kind of thought about it. I guess this is where I started like taking suggestions um, versus like normally I'd be like, no. And I would be like, I'm going home. And I would just wait it out. I would have waited out the time. But I'm like, well, this, you know, this is like really serious. Um, so I, I did that when they read the literature. I'm like, well, this kind of makes sense. It's like instructions. And if you take out the supernatural element, this can kind of work on a secular kind of plane. And, and, and for me, like, I definitely need that. And I was kind of thinking, but what about when I get out of here? Like, how am I going to find that? And um, it, it came time to leave. And I was set to go to an IOP. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. I'm going to go right back to the liquor store. Because before going, I remember I went and I would do like all the, like some of the things it says in, like in, the, in the book. Like I, I remember I went and I, I changed clothes one day to go to the same liquor store because I was worried with the, the guy would, you might think I have a problem, <laughs> you know. So I said, you know what, I have to go to a, a, a facility to, 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 to go away because um, I, I just remembered, I remembered I was like sitting in my car in the parking lot, constantly buying whiskey. And I didn't know why I was doing it. I remembered like, I'm like, I'm not getting anything out of it, but I have to do it. And, I, and it kind of scared me because I was also too, I was like hiding bottles. Like I got to that point, like my wife had asked me not to drink inside the house. And um, I'm like, well, that doesn't mean I can't drink outside the house. So like I was kind of like drinking in the, yeah, I would drink, yeah, I'd get a pint and drink in the car. And then I, kind of tiring and then I started hiding bottles in the house and I, I think at one point I had a blackout where I hurt my leg and I remember um, the next day you know I told my wife I wasn't I wouldn't have any bottles in the house and the next day I got up and you know she made like a homemade salt for my leg I, I, I love to do a lot of hiking and uh you know she came in and I pulled the liquor basket out of the laundry the, the liquor out of the laundry basket and just like the look on her face like that just you know to, to this day just like you know it just like crushes me and um so anyways I was, I went to um, the, the rehab and it's funny, people were like, oh, I, like they kept saying, can you read, you know, the first 164 pages of the big book? And I kept telling everybody I had done that. I had done that. And then um, I, I found that like, you know, I, I got, eventually I got out of rehab and um, you know, it's funny. I met my sponsor and we were like going through the book and then we got to the we agnostics chapter. And then I got to the bookmark at the end and then I realized, oh, this is where I stopped and realized I, I, I couldn't I, I do it. I, I just found like, there's like this, like, it's like a pejorative, like atheism. Like it's like something to be like overcome. And, you know, and even like when I was starting to go to meetings afterwards, like, you know, they talk about like the belligerent savage and they, the, the guy who bristles with antagonism, but I don't always bristle with antagonism and no. I'm not really a belligerent savage. No. <laughs> I, I could be a savage sometimes, but I don't think I'm belligerent, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I had remembered, um, I guess in 2006, there was like secular organization for sobriety. And I, I think I wrote to them and they weren't in my area. And, um, you know, I, I, when, when I got out of rehab, I thought, um, oh, I know what, but before I left, um, I, I had a counselor and, um, yeah, we had a woman one-on-one -on -one counseling and then the whole higher power thing came up like, you know, step one, that's fine. Like, there's no problem with that. 
But when it came to the higher power, he's like, well, you know, it, it can be anything. So I said, well, what about my cat, Leroy Brown? Can he be my higher power? <laughs> I try to work him in everywhere I can. So, uh, uh, <laughs> And he's like, well, how's your cat going to help you with your sobriety? And I'm like, but then you're telling me my cat. You just said it could be anything, but now it can't be my cat. So I feel like you're trying to steer me into like a, 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 a direction. Um, so that kind of like flustered me a little bit. Um, I, I, and I've always thought like through the literature, it's kind of like steering you like you know, the group is okay. But I, for my impression is the literature is trying to lead you to the Judeo-Christian God. Yeah, it is. And, it's, it's, and, and, and because the people who wrote it, of course, that was their background. Um, I find it really almost comical that the guy at the meeting said, oh, we have a nice way of closing here. And it was the Lord's Prayer. That What a funny way of saying that. Um, now, I remember my first meeting when they closed with the Lord's Prayer. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, in fact, I didn't grow up um, in a religion. I never prayed around people, with people. Um, so it was a really horrible experience. I hated it, the way that it felt to be holding hands with people and praying. It just felt weird to me. But um, in my case, I just kept going back and kind of, you know, dealing with it. But what an what a huge obstacle that is that 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 we put up for people by having them join hands and say a prayer that is really specifically a Protestant version of a Christian prayer. You know, it's just it's just and then at the same time you say you're not affiliated with any any religion. So um, yeah, that I can see that's a problem. And then also you were talking about the chapter to the agnostic and everything. And, and actually you were talking about how, you know, you would say, okay, I, I can somehow secularize this. I can, I can figure, I, I see all, I can take out all the supernatural stuff and I can see the, what works underneath. And I kind of did that too in the very, in the beginning when I started off in AA, but what happened with me is I kind of, because I was going to meetings for so long where the God talk was so prevalent, I just kind of fell in with that. And I kind of forgot about how I was trying in my own mind to work things out. Um, so I admire you that, that you were able to, you know, stick to your own principles and, you know, yeah, it was definitely like difficult too, because, you know, you have like the people that are like, well, I mean, other people that have said things like, like, if you're not praying, you're not staying or like, yeah. you, know, you got to have your slippers under the bed, and like, but I don't pray. That's like, oh, it's a hard no for me. <laughs> yeah. And how funny that one guy said, um, how do you get out of a jam? Like, does he really think that God is getting him out of jams? Yeah, that's what. <laughs> anyway, I guess <laughs> I, I always wonder the same thing. Like, it's like I, don't know, I, 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 I think about it. Or, or sometimes I, I do get overwhelmed, or you know, I'll ask someone for help. Or, right. You know, I kind of right. get there, but it, it, it's funny though. Even with like the the, the praying, because it's funny. Like, I always thought I was kind of like, oh, I'm like this like light little dude who doesn't believe in in, in God, and then it right. came to the praying part. And then uh, I've you know I've talked to other people that are atheists too, and they pray. I'm like, what you pray? I'm like, but I mean that's their thing. Like yeah. at first it was a little like strange to me, but I know um, because... I don't I don't pray at all. In fact, I actually stopped um, many years before I even told anybody. <laughs> so here's the deal: I never really I like I say I I did I wasn't a religious person, didn't know anything about religion. I, it wasn't my thing to pray. I always kind of thought that I just didn't have that gene that, that enables you to believe, to have faith. I just thought I'm just not capable of it for whatever reason. But, um, when I got into AA, I was so desperate that when they started suggesting prayer, I was kind of working out in my mind, okay, there must be some psychological benefit to this, that you're just telling yourself something. 
Um, and, and that's how I kind of got started. But then I forgot about that rationalization too. But I never ever believed that there was a guy in the sky that was taking care of me. That was just never a belief that I had. Um, but for me, it took a long time to get to the point where, you know, you were in the beginning telling people that, you know, this, this isn't working, this isn't working for me. Um, so I also find it interesting that you reached out to SOS and there weren't any, uh, meetings of, um, of, in your area. And, and I thought to myself when you said that, that's funny that, 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 that has never taken off. Yeah, I was. I'm not even sure if they still exist. I don't know I, if they do either. I think I, I tried looking recently because I, I also because in rehab I did ask. I'm like, well, what are the alternatives to? AA? Yeah. Like, someone brought up smart and rational recovery. I'm like, oh, we don't talk about those here. I'm like, uh, but why not? <laughs> and even <laughs> you know? those didn't aren't as prevalent as AA is. In fact, I think I know of um, one smart meeting maybe here in the Kansas City area, um, or no. Yeah, no, there's 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 a couple of smart, but there's one that's outside of the VA. All the other ones are actually in the VA center because the VA uses it. Yeah, we have there's a couple around here. The one's like not at a good time, and the other's like in a library. And like I think by the time I found it, I had asked like three different like reference librarians. Like I'm here for like I'm like, yeah. I mean, not I, not that I I don't feel the need to hide my anonymity, but like I yeah, for other people it's just like, like oh, I got to ask like three different people how to get to the recovery room. <laughs> yeah. I know it's kind of. Kind of like, awkward. <laughs> so, um, how did you hear about um, agnostic AA meetings? Well, that's I guess when I was talking to that counselor, he's like, "Well, you know, what do you believe?" And I'm like, "Well, I really like Buddhism." And then I was just kind of saying that just to kind of like not talk about you know the, the God stuff. And uh, he's like, "Well, what does that mean to you?" I'm like, "Oh man," he's like calling me out on it. I don't really know what to say. I'm like, "Well, you know, there's like the eightfold path and and being present." <laughs> but so when I got out, I, I, I kind of looked that up and I found there was a group called Noble Steps and there was a book I called by uh, Kevin Griffin, One Breath at a Time. And I read that and that like kind of like opened the door for me. And then I'm like, well, I wonder, because I don't think in 2006, I don't know if AA Agnostic was around, but that's when I Googled like, like, um, like secular versions of the steps or, or, or something like that. And it, and that led me to AA Agnostic. I'm like, oh my God, there's like a whole nother world out here and like nobody's talking about it. And, and um, I... I think I, I bought it and there's so many books that are already too and like I could just go down the rabbit hole of the podcast and the books and um I I had bought the common sense recovery for atheism and um because like every time I read the book like, like I was saying like we were talking about before with like the delivered belligerent savage and like there's also two like I can't go to step meetings just because in, in 11 where they have that line about like um, those who still cling to the higher power I'm like oh but but it's okay like if you have a higher power or you don't like, why do you have to cling to it? And um, I'm like, but, you know, and of course, I have all my suggestions and how I would improve the book. But I was reading in that book, and it kind of said, like, it, it, it outlined the process of, like, how difficult that would be. So I accept, that's where I think I accepted. I'm like, all right, I have to, I have to reframe this into to a secular language. And I, and, and I think that book kind of helped me do that. Um, even, I, I don't, somewhere like i came up with the idea instead of higher power i'm just like oh i don't really have this like entity because like i can't i have a hard time believing like you know if like someone had the doorknob and someone had a suitcase and someone had god like do they all talk to each other how do they dispense the energy you know but i do have and i think like we were saying before it's just like the language and i don't think i ever realized this because i started reading about history bay too like the whole it being founded in 1939 like oh this makes a lot more sense now yeah it it is interesting, isn't it? When you just think about it as just the what it's just the the words and words and language that they were using to describe their experience. Yeah. So I, 
I needed like a new language, like from my experience. So I, instead of higher power, and I, I try to share this at, at meetings now, I, and I try to share more from a secular perspective, but then I'm like, oh, am I like the guy who like, like it says on page 417, except differences. Like, I'm like, like, there goes Joe with this like secular thing, but I don't think, uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I guess going back to um, like finding the, I lost my train of thought, but uh, <laughs> going back to like finding the, the, the meeting, um, you know, I found a agnostica. I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's meetings. Um, and there were in New York, there was a bunch. And I, I, I'm about a half hour from New York City. And um, they're like all way, but mostly like way uptown. But I did find some in the village. And I'm like, okay, I can't get to these all, but I know they're here. I'm like, maybe there's some in New Jersey. And I found two. Um, there was one in Jersey City. And there's one way down. It's about two hours south of me in Forked River. Um, so I started writing to these people. Um, like, you know, my name's Joe. What was it like putting a meeting together? I'm thinking about putting one together. And um, actually a guy on Staten Island, um, he referred me to the guy, George, and he was really instrumental in helping. He's like, oh, here's what you need to do. And, you know, and I also too, like, I'm like, I kind of like, how do I share my, that I don't believe in God? Cause I feel like, you know, only at that time, maybe like a year or so of sobriety. It's like, well, you know, you can tell people, you know, people, you know, people that have like 30 years of sobriety and, and you, you can be quiet on the atheism thing in the beginning, but as your time grows, then you, you could be more vocal about it. That's the advice he gave me. So now I, 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 I try to share when I need to from a secular perspective, because I found like some meetings are just fine. And then some, like the content gets a little God heavy. And then sometimes it doesn't even occur. And, uh, um, but that, you know, and then I guess, but I'm like, I'm, the thing is like, I'm too scared to do this alone. <laughs> you know, like I don't know how to, and I guess someone, an, another guy, this guy, a couple guys locally, we knew each other and I guess sometimes, you know, when I hear people share, I'm like, oh, they might feel the same way I do. And um, it was, oh, there's no secular meetings around here and we'd like to start one, but we don't know what to do. And then there were three of us at the time and um, we got together and then we decided, well, let's start like knocking on doors and maybe we can find a space first and then, then, then we'll see what to do. Um, and we found actually a Quaker meeting house here in Chatham and they're actually like kind of like supportive because I, I guess to their, they're all about like finding the inner light. So one of their members was coming and he's like, oh yeah, you got to find your truth. And he's, it's, I just found it ironic when like, a, a Quaker is like our biggest supporter. <laughs> so, and um, I, I said, what do we do? We, we got together and we knocked on doors and then the, the Quaker meeting house was like the first place that, that, that said yes. And then, you know, then it came time to like announce like, at, at meetings, we're like, how do we announce this? And we decided to call ourselves like a free thinkers meeting. And, um, you know, some people said, well, why don't you say like secular meeting? And like, I think agnostic was just starting to get listed in the book. And I'm just like, well, if it's just going to get listed in the book as agnostic, we might as well stick with um, the language that's being used now. But it's, you know, going back to language, it's like, oh, they're finally getting to agnostics. And now people seem to want to switch to secular. <laughs> um, but so we started out with like, about three or four of us and now we're, we kind of hold steady at about like 12 the most we've had is 18 um but it, it's funny though because like i do get like there are days like i'm just like i guess i'm just like on recovery like the other day like i told my wife like i'm like oh i don't want to go to that stupid meeting i started <laughs> you know and i went and it's funny, a younger fellow came and it was like his first meeting ever of, of aa and i'm like oh i'm just being like you know to, to encounter an open kind of meeting versus like a more dogmatic meeting. Cause I always wonder like, what would have it been like if back in 2001, um, someone had said, I don't believe in God and here's how I do this. Um, like would I have stayed, I guess it's neither here nor there, but 
when we had speaker meetings in the rehab, I kept asking people at the higher power, I'm like, what do you do if you don't believe in God? You'll get it. You'll get it. I'm like, why can't someone just say, <laughs> you know, like, are you not allowed to say it? <laughs> you know? And um, so I, you know, I try to be open. Like I don't, even like I think like atheist has a pejorative term like I, I don't know sometimes I'll say non-theist or I'll just say I don't I don't believe in God and um, um just to, to, to get that out there because like that's not a really um I don't want to say like not a major point of view or I, I feel like I finally got to somewhere where I belong yet I'm still in the minority <laughs> you know it's like you know if that makes sense <laughs> so what's the name of your group uh the only requirement oh okay so. yeah, I've heard of that yeah, we went between, I think there's one in the city called that too. Mm-hmm. And we went, uh, we, were, we were thinking without a prayer, but that might ruffle some feathers maybe. So we decided to go with the only requirement. Yeah. And when do you um, meet? Uh, we meet Thursdays at uh, seven o'clock okay. at night, an hour. O'clock. And yeah, right now we're uh, discussion meeting. I I don't, I kind of wanted like, you know, with, with the secular, we don't, we don't have a lot of secular speaking meetings. So I was kind of thinking of maybe once per quarter doing that. I don't know if like we could get like one per month. So we were thinking right now we're going to try doing uh, uh, one per quarter. Yeah. You know, that's a smart idea. We actually, um, we're the same way. We tried a secular speaker meeting in Kansas city some time ago and we were doing it once a month and that was working pretty well. But for whatever reason, the guys that were doing it decided they didn't want to do it. So then a few years later, we started one where we would do it every week and that was going super well, but we started running out of people because we just don't have that many, you know, people to talk, you know, and we didn't want to go out and get the people that are going to talk about God all the time. So, um, I think once a month or yeah, once a month would work out well, or even quarterly. Cause I think I did. I think, I think I shared this in a meeting. Like, I think I have this like irrational fear of dogma. Like I'm going to go to meetings and it's going to be like super religious content. Like I was saying, sometimes it is, but that's why I don't go to speaker meetings. So I was in the beginning, I was a lot just because it gave me something to focus on. Um, but then I'm just like, Oh, there's going to be that part where like they discovered God, or I've noticed people like dance around it. And I do this myself. I, you know, I, you know, I say the good orderly direction thing, but then I don't say anything after that. Like I just kind of let people conclude. And I'm like, I feel like I need to be more, not, vocal or forthcoming, but just to let people know that, you know, you can do this without believing in God, if you want to do the steps or not do the steps or, um, well, yeah, the over the last five is- years, I guess I've had to unlearn AA speak because I was, um, well, I'm, I'm 57 now. Yeah. And I've been in AA since I was 25 and for 25 years, I, I was just, that was my life. And I knew the language and the lingo and knowing the language and the lingo kind of got me by. And so after um, that 25 year period, when I realized I was an atheist, I, I, I had enough. I couldn't even bear going to the meetings anymore. Like you were talking about the literature. Um, it was just, it was just too much for me. And so we did start a secular meeting here in Kansas city. And um, since that time I have been unlearning the language and the lingo. <laughs> so like higher power, that's not the way I talk. I don't even use the language. I, what are you talking about? That's not my language. I never would have, I, the only, the first place I ever heard that was an AA, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know where I, why I just mentioned that, but yeah, I just don't use that terminology anymore. If people want to talk about that, that's their, that's their deal. But I don't use that language. I just use my regular everyday language. Other people help me. Yeah, that's what I do see. Like I was saying, like I have a resource, like the, the fellowship's a resource I can draw strength upon. And it 
funnily enough, like having uh, my sponsor is actually a pretty like religious guy, but like when it came, we were reading the book and then doing like step two. Um, I think there's some line about there about like, or when we were talking, this is how I remember it. He's like, can you be open-minded and it's something that's not you. And I said, yeah, I can buy into that. He's like, all right. And like, you don't have to do anything else. Like just, just go with that, you know? And then, but then it came to step three and it's like, turn your will and your life over and care. I'm like, what does that mean? Like that's, that's, I just jumped over a hurdle and now I'm at a gate, <laughs> you know? But to me, all that meant is, I mean, it's funny. I thought about like when I was like in school, like diagramming sentences, I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't make me a decision. And everything else off that is like parenthetical. And for me, it was making that decision was to stay sober and find ways to stay sober and help other people to, to, to stay sober. And then like, you know, the rest of them all, I, I kind of like figured out. I always find it funny that um, people get stuck on the third step because they always focus on the God part. Like it's all about the God, but what about the decision? It's a decision, <laughs> you know, so whatever. But I guess it's a decision to do whatever, but I don't know. Anyway, they used to always tell me back when I was even back um, when I was going to the traditional meetings, when I was um, getting started, they always focused on the decision um, more so than they did to God. And so, yeah, I've always seen that as, you know, that's just a decision to make a change. Yeah, so. it's funny. We had someone come in and um, after we got listed, like we went through the whole intergroup process. Yeah, I was wondering about that. It wasn't as hard as I thought. Like I, um, you know, the, the guy uh, George helped me out and got me the paperwork and you know we went to that we, we submitted it and then I, I think to our benefit though like they um like they that night there was like an excessive funds committee and they were deciding on what to do with the excessive funds and uh that took for like hours so when the time for like voting the groups came in like everyone just like raised their hand <laughs> but like I just had to go up there and say like you know why we, we were doing this um, and I said, well, you know, where I live, there's only two meetings in the state and like people, you know, it says to go to any length necessary. And if you, you know, if people need, and even my sponsor asked me, I think at the first, like, what, what's that agnostic meeting about? I'm like, well, you know, you said any length necessary, my man, like, you know, um, so you registered the group with GSO, right? Yeah. Okay. So th then what you, then you went, is the, the inner group that voted for you? Uh, is that the, I forget how like all the, the politics stuff work. Yeah. Um, I've never um, heard of that before, but I everything is different in different locations. Yeah. And intergroups always are different from one place to the next. So it could have been GSO. I I, I could be wrong. It, it, whatever it was, like if it was that or whatever the process to get listed, like that was the process. And then I just talked, and then they um then they took the vote, and it was like I think like three people abstained, and there were like maybe like seventy yeses. And then it's funny, the guy after me, George, like he got about they got voted in two, but he had like the ten people, like you know vote no but the i don't know if they knew him or not <laughs> you know um but after that um i think the jersey city group was the first group i think they fought for the the um agnostic label so once they got listed like i thought that hurdle was cleared and then like we came along and i think we might be the third or fourth group and then two more groups have started in uh fort lee which is um, up by the George Washington Bridge and uh, Lodi, which is also kind of like nearby there on a, on a Sunday night. So I think we have five or six groups now in New Jersey, whereas before there were only two. So um, have you had any challenges along the way with getting the group going? Um, I think a little bit like um, some people, I'm not sure if like some people like are afraid to check the group out, like for in the beginning, um, like it, it was kind of like the same four or six and we'd go to like neighboring meetings or not that, not that didn't meet at the same time. Um, but we'd announce it and then kind of like by word, word of mouth. And, um, but I thought we might have like some pushback. We, I think we were all worried about more like fundamentalists coming in going like, you can't do this. This is an AA. 
that's not in the book. <laughs> yeah, you know? that occurred and, to me that that could happen at our group. It never really did. In fact, we did have some uh, people from one of the really um, hardcore groups. Actually, when we started our group, there were two young people that would come all the time, and they were from this Clancy-type offshoot group, but they were real cool with us. <laughs> you know, they love the group. They don't go or come around anymore just simply because they are out in the suburbs and it was a bit of a drive for them. But they were there all the time. <laughs> yeah, so I thought for, for the most part, like every everyone's been supportive. Like my sponsors support. Like we, it's fun, like I, I guess I rely more on a network than I do. Like my, we see each other at the same meeting, but we don't really talk too like really frequently. We like check in once in a while. But like I think for me, like the network approach works. And um, but you know, when he gave me my coin for a few years, he said, you know, um. I think even like in the past year, he's like, you know, Joe started with a couple other guys an agnostic and atheist meeting for people that, that need that. Cause like last year, he, when he gave me the coin, we had just started and he's like, Oh, it's for, it's a meeting for people that struggle with their spirituality. And I wanted to say, no, <laughs> that's, that's not what we started, you know, like, I'm struggling with their spirituality. <laughs> yeah, not at that's all. so funny. So, and then he told me he's been like, uh, you know, the one big tent book, he's been like referring to that to, to, to people that, and which, which is a great publication that there's an actually like an official like AA thing. Cause I want to, we're always like, uh, I guess like fund wise, we kind of, either sometimes we've fallen short. We got, we were able to get our rent lowered. It was a little steep. Um, so now hopefully we'll have like a little like a leftover to maybe have like some of the one big tent books to, to, to sell or give to people. Cause some people like haven't heard of it and it's just like, it's good to, you know, there's this, even with like a agnostica, like I always want to mention that because like there's this whole world out there. And I, I was thinking about this before we talked, like if it wasn't for like, say the internet and like all this, the resources there, like, I don't know if I could be doing this because if there wasn't like an agnostic atheist format outlet, I'd, I'd, I'd go crazy probably. <laughs> Isn't it funny that you don't know about something until you actually search for it, you know, and then, and then Google brings it up to your attention. Um, when I was first looking into all of this back in, God, when was it? Well, it was about five years ago. Actually, it was more than that. A couple, about seven or eight years ago, I started searching for atheists in AA um, online, and I was hard-pressed to find anything. I think I did run across the New York site, and I ran across a site in California, and that was real. That really amazed me. But then um, AA Agnostica came online, and um, then I kind of learn more about, you know, that th there were a lot of other groups out there. And that's what, that's what got me motivated to start our group is when I learned that they, that these groups even existed, they've existed since 1975. I had no Yeah. I, I can't believe that. Cause I think it, that's so crazy. And then uh, I think from like a agnostic, I think that's where I found beyond belief. And like, you know, I like, heard your podcast. I'm like, Oh, I want to go to, I want to go to uh, Kansas now. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, <right. laughs> funny. Yeah. But, you know, here we, yeah, here we can connect this way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the podcast has been cool for me because I have gotten to meet people from all over and it's just, oh, it's pretty cool. You know, their AA is done different no matter where you go, it seems. And there's, there's some common denominators, I guess, but it's always fun for me to know what meetings are like in other places and what the culture is like. And, you know, it's just, it's pretty fascinating to me. Yeah, same here. I when I can, like visiting like meetings out in like like Pennsylvania, or if my wife's from South Jersey, and like so where I live, there are thankfully there's like a decent number of, of like meetings. There's like, uh, but we're like, down in South Jersey, like uh, 
there's like maybe like six over the course of the day. So you don't have a lot to like pick and choose from. So I'm kind of like fortunate. And then plus two, if I can get to the city. And I found it's meetings in the city are, are kind of less dogmatic. And even like, it's funny, like younger kids seem less into the, yeah, the dogmatic part. They're just like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I like but, meetings in New York. Now I've only been to one group there. Um, I don't even, and I guess they don't even meet anymore. But it was a very nice group. It was a traditional group, but they didn't, they were okay by me. I mean, they did close with the serenity prayer. They didn't do the Lord's prayer, but the meeting itself was just fine. I didn't have any, any issues with it at all. I enjoyed it. Their people were very nice. Um, but I'd like to go to some of the agnostic groups in New York next time I go. Yeah. Same here. There's still, I haven't, I haven't made, like I said, they're like way up like on 86th street for like, for where I live. It's like a challenge to get to, but like, I want to go to them all. Like even the ones out here in New Jersey, like I want to try to support them, but it's like Sunday at six in Lodi. And then the Tuesday one in Port Lee is at seven and traffic wise, it's like a nightmare to get up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. So do you have any suggestions for someone who might want to start a meeting? Um, definitely to have like the courage to do it and um, to like, reach out, I guess, to, you you, know, you can, there's like the, the people you can contact on um like i think there's like a there's secular aa like i went there and i think that's maybe where i might have found the first person like george i contacted and then um i, I found like locals or even not local i just tried to find meetings that, that were agnostic and i would write to the people and ask them for help and then i kind of like have a little network there and then um i think if you can like find a like-minded people um too then then it helps to to get together because like you know two once you have like two people and kind of like snowballs and yeah i would definitely say start with another person because you want to make sure that the door is always open and there might be a time when you just can't make the meeting then hopefully your partner can make it and and maybe it'll it might take a while for the meeting to um get known about and for people to start showing up but I think in most cases, gradually, and it, it will, you know, more and more people become aware of the group. It takes a little while for a group to um, kind of come come into its own because AA is kind of strange because people come and go, you know. Um, there's so, always seems to be like a core group of people maybe that stick around, but then you have all these other people who might just come for a period of time and they stop coming, they might start coming back again. And like I've seen my group, we've been meeting now for like five years and it's like gone through like different personalities, different cycles as, as new people come in, other people leave. It's just, it's just interesting how, how that works. I think what was really fun for me was I found like a, like, um, it's funny in my home group. Um, there was like a snowstorm and he had texted me the night before. He's like, Hey, are you going to the meeting tomorrow? And I texted him back and I said, I would go to any like necessary to not dig my car out tomorrow and then he was like, <laughs> are you being sarcastic <laughs> yeah, yes and then from that you know, it turned out uh, we had like the same beliefs and I, I also too you can find like for me like finding someone like local or nearby like you talk to with sim- a similar belief like then like, I did like I didn't feel alone anymore because I, I think it was like frustrating too because um one of the frustrating things is I think it was like a, a big book thing. And, um, you know, I mentioned we were talking about prayer and like, I don't pray and I don't believe in God. And then it's like, well, you know, CS Lewis was just like you, or I get the comment, like I was just like you, and I'm like, you know, for a program about acceptance, like, you're not really accepting someone different. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on the podcast. I enjoyed the conversation and, Oh yeah. Thanks um, for having me. I just yeah. it was soon, sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. Glad I could be part of it. Cause I, I really want to, anything that supports like, you know, secular AA or, you know, I definitely want to be a part of, yeah, and it's nice to hear about a, a group starting too. And um, I'd like to have more people on to talk that will talk about that experience. 
there, occasionally I get emails from people that ask the question, you know, how do you go about starting a group? And I usually refer them to an article at AA Agnostica, and there used to be information also on the Secular AA website, but it's not on there right now. I'm not sure if that's just temporary or what, but um, I thought, well, you know, we should really do some podcasts on the topic, you know, because I, I, I wanted to write an article, but for me, sometimes writing is such an effort and podcasting is fun. So I can't always do a podcast about something. So anyway, yeah, it was nice to meet you. Thank you very much. Um, you have a good Thanks, John. Thanks, you too. I'll talk to you later. I really enjoyed that conversation. Thank you, Joe, so much for sending me that message on Facebook the other day or last week and having this opportunity to talk with you. I really enjoyed it. One thing I found interesting um, in speaking with Joe was what he had to say about his discomfort that he felt at his early AA meetings and particularly because of the religious overtones of the meetings. It's perfectly understandable. I mean, what are we thinking? When a newcomer shows up in the rooms for help, and without knowing anything about them, we talk about God and close the meeting with a recitation of the Lord's Prayer, it makes no sense whatsoever. But that's the AA of today. Fortunately, we do have the option of starting our own meetings without any sort of prayer at all. That's what Joe did. He and some friends started the only requirement group in Chatham Township, New Jersey. It's a secular meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. No group prayers, no chanting, no none of that. It's the way AA should be, in my opinion. So thank you, Joe Kay, for participating in the podcast. I enjoyed the talk, and I wish you well on your journey. And thank you for listening. It's always nice to have this opportunity to connect. Before I leave, I'd like to say again, please consider supporting our site and podcast with either a one-time contribution or even better, small recurring contributions. You can set up a recurring donation at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash aabeyondbelief. You can also set up recurring or even a one-time donation through PayPal at paypal.me slash aabeyondbelief. And you can always visit our site aabeyondbelief.org and click on the donate button. Your donations are both needed and appreciated. So that's it for another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast.